right. Zach, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this wonderful experiment. Can you tell us what we're having today? Yeah, um, thanks for having me, you guys. Just sipping on a little Woodford Reserve. Woodford Reserve, mm, have you had on. this before? I have, it's my favorite whiskey, actually. Nice, yeah. cheers. Cheers. Now to yeah. self, uh, we're Hispanic, so in our part of the world, we say chin chin. Chin chin. Chin chin. chin, chin. more for the Hispanic chin, people, chin chin. Uh, I gave you a cup. And it's neat, just like you like it. Shout out to Elisa, our art department GD guru. Love Genius. Daddy. Alcoholic. <laughs> Resident alcoholic. Love her. Not really, not really. Whoever's listening, she's not actually she's alcoholic. Not actually. She doesn't need help. She just likes to have a good time. <laughs> That's nice. She loves to have a great time. A great That's, time. It's very earthy. Yeah. I love it. Oh, it reminds nice. me of home, Texas. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good old whiskey. I'm not sure what. <laughs> I'm not sure what Kentucky and Texas have to do with each other, but they know. just whiskey's a huge thing in Texas. You always drink whiskey. It's well, like they whiskey both have, they're both staples for barbecue, so correct. Yeah. Barbecue, whiskey, and football, but I didn't really do the football thing, so well, <laughs> as we talked about earlier. <laughs> so Zach, tell yes. us first of all, uh, guys, welcome to um, Creative Vices. You, you, um, yeah, episode three. Episode three. What's Ooh. up? This is Andy here. It's Abe, and, and this is Zach. All right, Hi. so Zach, tell us well, well, who who you who you is. Wow, who am I? What a complex question for the first question of the pod. Oh my oh. gosh! You didn't um, come prepared. I know, right? I was like, what am I talking about today? I like to improv. Um, I'm, an, I'm an actor and artist here in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, been here for a few years. Moved uh, at the end of 2019, about six months before a good old COVID hit. Ooh, um, nice. So it's been like a weird journey, but I love Atlanta and I love creating with other people. I think collaboration is my favorite thing to do. And that's why you're here. And that's why I'm here. Here we go. Collabing yet again, you guys. Yeah, this is what, round three, I believe? It's gotta be more than that. Round like four, round four. First yeah. time was Mariana's yeah. shoot. Shout yeah, out to Mariana. She's gonna be on the next episode, by the yeah, way. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Bad Rugs, shout out to Bad Rugs and the crew Don't and film. cast on yeah, that. Great film. Yeah. Um, then we worked on the yeah. on the photo shoot, the oh, yeah, Christmas the vibe Christmas one. Photo shoot. Yeah, that was um, so yeah, that was fun, chaotic, and just yeah, fun. yeah. And then we had that spooky one. Yeah. And the spooky, and yeah. the spooky shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta have an axe. That was dope. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was dope. That was solid. That was like I think really raised the bar for what we started to create. Yeah, it's both exciting and super anxious because mm -hmm. it's like crap. Like I always have a strong yeah. philosophy that once we reach a new standard or new plateau, we can go below that. So it's a very stressful type of continuous. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that the reason to that, I think we all work really well together is because we're good collaborators. Oh my gosh. And we have our other guest, Sparky the dog. Sparky hey, managed Sparky. to get through the barrier. Sparky There's the no dog. holding Sparky back. Sparky the dog. We have our other little, our other little guest on the pod today. Well, I guess there's no point of keeping barriers. I mean, where that, did he come from? This, he, he's ambitious. I guess Sparky should be the mascot for a division. He should be. Put him he, in the little logo. Yeah. There you go. Um, no, but I love I love collabing with people who also have a passion for it because I do believe that you know collaboration is like the backbone of creativity and I really do believe that and so at its core it's like my favorite shows to watch or my favorite things to see are things that you can tell have a big heart and a big collaborative process between its creators. What's yeah, it, it kind of maintains the 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 soul of the creation because a lot of times I feel we get caught up with obvious justifications. We get caught up with with uh, finances and 
Sparky with the bone always. Um, <laughs> always when we're recording. Yeah, yeah. He decides to play with the bone. He feels like that. Essentially, like, I feel with all justifications applied, um, sorry for the sound pollution, but um, a lot of times we get deterred or, or taken away from being able to create because we t put too much business factors into it, which of course, us, us as creator, we have to find a way to make a living. But also we have to remember like the roots of it all. Like when we get caught up in all the business sides, we kind of lose track of the honesty of why we create. And I think that's when we start becoming a little too commercial or a little too mainstream. So I think it's good to collaborate with people, even though, even though if it's new people coming into the scene, uh, in that scenario, it's good to nurture, to cultivate new talents wow. because like I always say, what's the point of learning at all if we're just gonna lock it up in a safe? So might as well just share the knowledge, share the struggles, and if there's an express way that we can give someone, might as well. Yeah, I think that's great. I've also learned when creating and collaborating, you know, it's great to have goals and it's great to um, have really fun, you know, ideas in your mind, but it's a whole nother thing to have expectations. I think that's really difficult. Um, I've learned that having certain expectations um, can also defeat the process. You know, you don't want to necessarily go into a project saying, oh, I want this to win this award and I think that this can go to sunset and like all these things because it's like, of course, those are great things to happen. But I feel like you don't want to defeat yourself before you get started. And if you're really creating something that you care about and that you're passionate about, that will be received. It'll come through in the work because you're present, you're in the moment, and you're making it happen because you love it. And that, I think, also ties into the heart of a project as yeah. well. I think I think all creatives have a way of kind of interpreting what someone else makes. Um, they can they can like see when actual passion and, and love and effort has been put into a project. Um, I can't speak for people who aren't creative. I know there's people who aren't really on the creative side, which is fine. but um, I know myself, whenever I see something that someone that you can tell someone really put a lot of effort into, like it's very noticeable, you know, you yeah. can see it in the work, whether it's, whether it's a short film, whether it's a, a, a piece of art, a painting, yeah. you know, or a song, um, yeah. you can always like feel the, the passion and energy and, and, and love or hate or whatever emotion that went behind it. Um, and, and it also like it serves to to inspire other creatives to you know do the same. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's why I always pictured myself in a city with a lot of creatives. I didn't know exactly what that city was going to be, but I yeah. knew that I wanted to end up somewhere. I mean, really, it was between like Atlanta or LA. Yeah, shout out Atlanta, bro. I mean, since yeah. we came here, we met so many damn creative people, man. It's really know, impressive. I don't know if it's. I mean, we're still pretty fresh here, so I don't know how much fact this may hold but uh, I was talking to one of the artists that I know back in Miami and he apparently it slipped uh, his kind of perspective that I moved up here and he's like oh shit good stuff man uh, Atlanta there's a lot of good creative spirits a lot of good like flow and all that and I kind of went off of that and said you know what it's true what I've noticed I mean creativity is going to be universal so you're always going to encounter a group and a community of creatives but what I've noticed here in Atlanta so far is there's a lot of humble creators. There's a lot of people willing to collaborate, a lot of people with the right intentions. It's like no hate to to different markets, but people are not doing stuff here to be viral. 
right. people here are creating to to express. So I hell yeah, shout out to Atlanta because it's it's inspired me in ways that I thought that was already kind of like tucked away in a chest and stored away in the darkness to never see the light of day just to crack and let that first beam of light in yeah it was really a breath of fresh air because back in miami man we, we would meet people who were creative but they were really in it for like you said for for the the sake of being viral or the fame or or the money or whatever and here like you can really see the sincerity behind behind people when you meet them and hear them talk about you know what it is they do which is why i love that we started this podcast because we bring people on here that are really passionate about what they do and and i love hearing people talk about it and how they came to to be where they are yeah. you know yeah. and and we all ended up here in atlanta for the same reason so yeah i think it's cool to make that connection and above all the podcast it's kind of kind of like when the first um, the first version of this podcast came out back in the prime pandemic era. Um, kind of embodies the, the 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 vibe that we just, if you want to do something, just do it. So many times we got caught up in the planning, the plotting, and the logistics, which Oof. they have a place in all of the madness. But sometimes you just need to start. You just need to like press record and see where it goes. That's kind of where this first episode we didn't have a. A title or a, we didn't a, have anything. a, a we just name for the show. Really? Yeah. It, was called, yeah. it was called the beta cast. Right. Sometimes you just gotta jump and, and let your instincts take over. And the net know? will appear. It will. You just gotta jump and the net will appear. And literally Absolutely. ever since we got off, well, we, we drove up here, but ever since we got off the hypothetical plane, <laughs> yeah. uh, we've been going to constant jumps and leaps and we're about to start one. Next week is gonna be the biggest sleep of our move up here that where March is pretty busy we got wow. we're fully booked for March to the point really? that, yeah to the point oh that the conversation gosh, congratulations you guys yeah. the conversation right now is honestly shit how about the day job yeah and I was telling him today that there comes a point that you have to make a choice you have to make a choice you have Absolutely. to realize what is your priority because yeah you may lose your job but is that going to reflect your career because at the end of the day you can always get another job mm -hmm. if it's a minute day job it doesn't matter where you work as long as mm -hmm. it covers the bills but if it's because I've done it the other way, I've chosen my job uh, um, aside from my passion. And last year, when I decided to flip the tables and actually invest in in my passion, that's where I started freelancing. That's when I started meeting people. That's where the conversation of Atlanta came about. So everything started coming together. It's scary. It's scary. But just like the way we kind of reconnected, mm -hmm. you just got to take a chance. And what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, and what a great question to be like faced with of like, oh yeah, it's the day job or my creative job, which I'm so booked up with this yeah. month that like, oh, I don't know if I can make it to my day job. Like that's what you want to be faced with. Yeah. Like you much rather be faced with that than like, well, I'm not doing shit right now, so yeah, I'm gonna keep real. doing my day job, I guess. Like that's so, you know, as artists, we'd rather be faced with that question always. And it's funny that you talk about the day jobs too, because I've had so many conversations with friends who like, let's say for example, are in the food industry, right? Yeah. I admire, hello listeners, I admire anyone who can be in the food industry because truly I can't. Like I could not, I hate it. My mental health is in the toilet. When I'm a server, a bartender, I'm like, I can't. I can't do it because people are 
crazy. I've done retail, I've done food industry, I hate all of it. So I knew I was like coming to Atlanta, I was gonna have to find something different, something that wouldn't completely tank my mental health, but also that I was like, okay, this can earn me money for rent and then I can be creative as much as I can be. Which for me is like event-based jobs, you know, working at a theater here, doing a brand ambassador gig here, like whatever it may be. But I, I often think about like my roommate who works at a really high-end restaurant and can come home with easy $600 for the night. And I'm like, oh my God, like that is rent. Like, yeah, but you are made they, that a day. Are but they happy? Hate it. But exactly. absolutely or mentally just like hate it. And I'm like, you know, I know I don't make as much as she does, but I'm mentally, I think, in a better headspace. Mm -hmm. And I'm cool with where I'm at. So it's like, I'm at peace with that, you know? And like that gives me a lot of um, comfort and clarity, I think, within this like crazy journey that all artists have to face. Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone um, of this on this topic. And the gist of it was pretty much that, you know, we would rather be starving artists than, than make money somewhere where we're absolutely miserable. Yeah. You know? I will say, though, you got to give mad credit to the people in the food industry because I feel my strong intuition is that if, you were, if you're able to, like, survive the food industry environment, there's not, there's not a thing that you cannot do. Oh, for sure. Because I hate it, but I admire everyone who can do it. It kind of makes you me. go on your feet, it yeah. makes you react, it wow. makes you kind of like just be uncomfortable, which is an artist is being constantly uncomfortable. Yeah. So we both we both worked food in the street and we all we often find parallels between like working in a kitchen and working on a set, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's a great it point. It has its merits for sure. Sure, absolutely. Definitely where the money is at. And yeah, the money's pretty good. The money's great. <laughs> that's why I see people just woo, wow. Couldn't do. Couldn't do it. Nice. Mm. This whiskey's pretty good by the way. I mm -hmm. it's that's why it's my favorite. <laughs> Have you tried wild turkey? What'd you call me? Wild turkey. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what you're I doing the weekend. No, I know, right? <laughs> I have not tried wild turkey. Oh my god. Well, maybe this weekend <laughs> we can like, try wild turkey let's together. Let's do it. Well, I'll tell you solid. Have you tried monkey shoulder? I actually have tried monkey shoulder. Actually, that was my, that's one of my ex's favorites, so that's good. I'm sorry I brought yeah, it up. Thanks so much for rubbing salt I'm in the I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for tuning in to this I'm, podcast of complete depression. I literally, am I mentally okay? No. <laughs> Are we ever mentally okay? I know, is that, right? is that, it's was, always I don't even know if that was a serious question. I, mean, <laughs> I, think, I think mentally okay is an ideal. I don't philosophy. think it's a, I, don't, I don't think I think it's a state of mind rather than a state of being. I don't know. I see it more as a philosophy, something that you wanna you strive for, strive for, but it's never really obtainable. Yeah, like what is? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like how do you it's even like just attain that? Just at arm's length, but you can never really grab it. Yeah, because it's like how do you even attain that? Because like I have <clears> friends <throat> who are like in marketing or fucking like sales or business or whatever, and they're making six figures, you know, and they're still like, wow, I hate my job hate my life, have I'm, no flexibility. Yeah, know. I'm no philosopher, I'm no Plato or anything, but Come on, I think <laughs> I think mental stability is is more about perception than anything. You know, regardless of what situation you're in, you you always gotta tell yourself like this. You gotta you gotta be more open to appreciating the things that you have versus being uh, you know upset about the things that you're missing mm, yeah. so I yeah. think it I think it's like I said I think it's a state of mind you know you, you yeah, put yourself I mean, in a certain like headspace and that's where you gain mental stability it's it's always on you and I know it's hard 
um, to get to that, it's, it falls I mean, I'm not, I'm, a lot on the subconscious, but I'm not really, it is uh, attainable, I think. Just yeah. like you're not a philosopher, I'm not really a psychiatrist, but I think it's also about self. You need to, for, for uh, mental health, you need to have a good clarity of self, whether that's like darkness or clarity. You need to, at least that's how I see it, you need to have a sense of responsibility and accountability of how you feel and how you react on those feelings. Because a lot of times we like to blame the energy elsewhere exteriorly, but sometimes it's just what we let in. It's what we allow to affect us. So to find happiness or what I've done to find my own sense of happiness is realizing that I'm, I'm responsible of my happiness. Even if it's a bad situation, it's my perception of how to intake it. So even if, it, if, even if money's tight, I always try to say, at least we got a roof. At least mm -hmm. yeah. we're doing something creative. At yeah. least we're doing something. Because there's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be uh, a rain cloud. But yeah, it doesn't matter what you do and who you are. You always are going to have problems. Yeah. Only a matter of how you see things. Yeah. How you, how you, you can, it's, it's, it's easier said than done, but you can always shift perspective. It's and, a muscle, honestly. Like yeah. you need to train it. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. I, yeah, I like that. I like that it is a muscle because I do think it takes constant activation. Like mm -hmm. I think it takes constant work to be like, oof, all right, I'm struggling right now, but here are the great things that are happening right now in my life. Even if they're basics, like you just said, like we have a home. And we need to realize shelter. also that like, it's, it's from us being the ones saying it, the people receiving I have to realize that just because we're saying it doesn't mean that it's 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 not it's easier said than done yeah. like like it's not just because we're a little bit more flexible with it and kind of more it comes easier to us you have to realize the backstory you don't know what 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 build up had to happen or how many times we had to hit the mental gym to work that muscle like I, I try to be pretty positive, but let me tell you, when I have my bad days, they're pretty heavy. They're yeah. they're like hurricane season over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, category five. So you just it's not it's not really about like that we're saying it because it's easy. It, we're saying it because we're trying to bring awareness of it because it, the work starts with you. We're just telling you that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And this is the part of the podcast where we advocate for mental health and therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better help come sponsor. No, I, wish I, had the, I wish I had the hotline <laughs> one day memorized. I know, right? I actually, know. I actually tried uh, Better Help once, like, and I. Do you like once. it? Did y'all like it? I liked it. I, I, only, I only stuck around for like a month because money was tight. Sure, sure. But I had like two sessions, and those two sessions honestly were the most gratifying because uh, my therapist literally said you got to realize that you can't control people's words or actions and you can't control the fact of trying to change them. All you can really do is walk away. Like mm -hmm. it might sound kind of like, like kind of like cowardly, cowardly perhaps, but no, honestly, instead of trying to invest the energy in trying to change someone's mind that doesn't even want to change it or doesn't even see a change, just walk away, get yourself away from that. Exactly. Yeah. Yo, shout place. out people who, don't aren't scared to go to therapy. Therapy is yeah. like therapy is important. Yeah. That's more. You have more strength. You you showcase more strength and and vulnerability and self awareness by going to therapy than trying to be tough or trying to enclose it because 
Yeah. It's, it's like, imagine you a bottle a, of champagne. You lead a miserable life yeah. if you keep emotions tucked away. Yeah. And once you let those out, man, it's like the greatest fucking feeling ever. You feel so much lighter. It's like a bottle of champagne. You don't want to... You, you want to be able to have a bottle that's stable, that's, that's centered, that doesn't have too much movement. On the contrary, if you bottle that in and you keep shaking and keep adding all that tension It'll explode it's gonna yeah. pop open nasty mm -hmm. so i don't know i always go by that analogy it's think of it as the pressure in a bottle of champagne okay bottle of champagne mm -hmm. makes sense but wait, <laughs> why are we not having champagne i know i'm like hi whiskey <laughs> well whiskey's very good hopefully we got a guest that chooses champagne oh. at some point so far everyone's wanted away. whiskey yeah. What would Maria? I bet she'll choose with. I bet we've had Maria. Well, Mariana, she wants margaritas. We, so we're gonna go to makes sense. margaritas. We're gonna go to Cabo and. <laughs> I love it. Go to Cabo, please. I do miss her. I want to see her soon. I miss. Oh, well, we Mariana, if you're listening, I miss you. We should make it happen. Shout out to Mariana. Mm -hmm. Shout out Mariana, bro. I know she's dope. She's OG. She's like she's she might like real talk. She might end up being like a like an associate partner and whatever. Oh yeah, man. She's got it, man. Because y'all met on how. the film that you yeah, directed? Yeah. yeah, she saved my Well, film. I met her on That's Bad Rugs. Oh, you met her on Bad Rugs? Okay, yeah. so we kind of met her at the same time, but yeah. you you guys knew each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, she literally saved my film and saved my bank account. Man, she's <laughs> she's she knows what she's doing, bro. Yeah. I'll tell you that one. She's cut out for her work for sure. Yeah. I'm always impressed whenever, when I, see, when I saw her, like, being with her producer hat on, I was impressed. I'm she's, gonna, she's done an AD, by the way, for, for Blood Rain. She's gonna for be real? assistant director. Oh, hell so yeah, I can't wait so to see that. she's gonna be like my enemy, technically. Oh, for real? Yeah, because uh, notice self, directors and ADs don't really get along because one's on the logistical side and one's on the creative. So yeah. when the director's saying one more shot, and I'll be your like, best friend. <laughs> yeah. So by proxy, we're gonna hate each other. Yeah, but but a good AD, I think a good AD needs to have that sense of tension because you don't want to have someone that's soft, soft and letting you go with everything because that's how you lose time and money. Yeah, like yeah. I'd rather you be on my neck and be like, yeah, you need to get the shot. We're like, we're like sure. twenty minutes yeah. behind. Mm -hmm. and the best ADs I've learned is that a good AD will never tell you you're on time. You're always behind. Even if you are on time. Yeah. Even if you're ahead, nice. you're always behind because yeah. it kind of gives you. It, yeah, it, it boosts you, you know? Yeah. So it gives you a sense of urgency, which is like the greatest thing you can have on a set. Also, sorry, what is this? Blood rain? Blood rain. <laughs> so blood rain? Like, yes. like raining? Yes. Like okay, it's so raining this blood? The, like rain, like a, like a, rain like a, like a, like a kingdom. Oh, yeah. so you're raining the kingdom. Yeah. So a blood so rain. Got it. This is the, the, the official premiere of like Blood Rain, the. Proof of concept. Essentially, um, it all started from an interrogation scene that actually goes back to our college days. Yeah. So it kind of it's a nice little circle, but it was inspired by the interrogation scene from the Joker from from oh Dark Knight. Ledger. Yeah. Yeah. And ever since then, oh, we've died, we've kind of like flourished it, and now it's Blood Rain embodies the ideology that family is more toxic than we give credit to. Yeah. So. Blood Trauma. rain. Cheers, cheers to that. <laughs> cheers, cheers, to that. Cheers, cheers to that. family, but sometimes, woo! Yikes. Yeah, so Blood Rain is essentially a film about two brothers trying to overtake their, their father and his reign, essentially Blood Rain. 
Uh, one had the courage to walk away and create something out of himself, <clears throat> while the other one filled in the gaps and kind of like literally got torn apart by the torment of his father. Um, his name's Tommy. Uh, if you watch Arcane, the animated series, he's essentially Jinx. Uh, so he's a very unstable mentally person. He feels like he was abandoned. He feels like he's not good enough. So he's trying to put on this facade of power. Um, and it all kind of comes together in, a, in an interrogation scene that I feel like there's a larger world out there to be seen. Would you say, um, would you say um, if we were to expand this into a short or a feature or what have you, this interrogation scene would be the climax? Uh, I wouldn't say it's the climax. It's probably the turning point. Uh, it's the point where, where Tommy can probably find redemption. Because Tommy in this interrogation scene, they could have killed Smith at any point. Tommy chose to save him against all odds because down inside he still cares about him, uh, about his brother. And his brother was, was there by choice. He, something of great importance was taken from him. So he's very good at what he does to a point that he gives the illusion that he was actually kidnapped against his will. But he, he plotted every point because he, he wanted to believe that his little brother's still somewhere in there. So this interrogation scene is two brothers essentially trying to find their humanity. Mm -hmm. I think that's it right there. Remember that it's already that's recorded. A lot of but it's recorded. We'll come back. Two to brothers it. trying to find their humanity. Yeah, keep an eye out. Blood rain. We we we're he's in the DP. We're pictures of what in April. Oh, I don't know. Whenever it's ready, preferably in summer, but it's all based on budget. We have location. We have location already. Technically, I, I always kind of, kind of like not shout out. Fuck it, we'll call it shout out. Shout out to like logistics and like preparations, but never resort on plan A. Always have like two more contingencies. So we technically have a location right now, but uh, I, I want to make sure that we have the budget for a backup just in case. Well, we have two potential locations. What's the second one? The garage from Mariana's? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mariana. Shout out to Mariana. I think this is going to be a Mariana. <laughs> the fourth shout out we've done <laughs> yeah. from Mariana. Oh, my yeah. God. Clearly, who's, we love you. Yeah. Uh, who's the guest of that? Are you Mariana? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I'm like, Mariana, she'll be here next week, guys. Sorry, you just have <laughs> me for now. <laughs> yeah, I got to steal. Sorry, Sorry <laughs> She's not in our budget yet. Yeah, right. I, I'm below budget, so squeeze me in. You're pro bono. I, I'm just like, squeeze me in. Whiskey's great. Then you can pay me. You can pay me in whiskey anytime. Oh, anytime, oh, man. Please. <gasps> Thank you. Yay. Where's your cup? I know you still got some. Abe, how many tattoos do you have? Nine and counting. So you count that as one. It is one cohesive tattoo, so yeah. Your entire sleeve. I want to sleeve so bad, but I always get so nervous. Being, Why? Being an Don't. actor. Oh, yeah. Being an actor, being on screen. These are easy to cover. My yeah. wrists are easy, but when I, if I had a whole sleeve on my arm, it would be really tough. Well, since we're talking about tattoos, let's hey, start with you. It. Tell us about your tattoos. Yeah, well, I have I have one. And remember, on people wrist. are now watching, so let's be very vivid. Yes, let's be very descriptive. descriptive. Okay, so I have on my left wrist, I have mountains and a moon because I lived in Tuscany for a little bit. Oh. So I lived in Italy um, for nine months. I studied there. And um, this is so cheesy, but every time I'd go up to like the villa, we stayed on this big villa on this like wow. hill. 
And so we like walk up. Un par de italiano. Uh, un par de un poco italiano. Oh, hey, okay. okay. Oh, you guys, you're better than me, but I'm, I know very little, but un par de un poco italiano. Me despiace, americano. Un par de un poco italiano. No capisce. No, par de un poco italiano. Me despiace. I'm sorry. I'm American. Me despiace, americano. Yeah, I'm American. But um, yeah, but I am French and Italian actually. I, I do have French and Italian ancestry. And so I have my mountains and a moon on uh, my left wrist. And then I have ocean, like the waves of an ocean and the sun on my right, because I went to school on a beach. I went to school in Myrtle nice. Beach. So a school. Yeah. I'm so bad at languages. And so I can barely do English. Um, so yeah, no, I have my left and my right wrist. And then I have my ribs actually in Italian. It's la vita va avanti, which means life goes on. Or like the good life goes on. Because I love a quote. Um, good old Robert Frost once said, in all my life, I can sum it up in just three words. It goes on. And I love that. It yeah. sounds like basic, but it's also just like simple. I mean, the most. Because it's like as much as you struggle and like the hardest times in your life you think you won't get through, but then you do, like it's going to keep going until it doesn't. And at that point, it doesn't really matter. Yep. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Then you're dead. Yeah. Amen to that. So those are my three. I just have three. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next because you have a whole chapter. I got a lot of shit to cover. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know if we're going to do this on this podcast. Uh, we'll talk about the highlights one, the recent ones, because I don't know. Highlight got tattoos within tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, on my end, I only have one tattoo, and it's like a wraparound, because it originally started with just like <clears throat> a heart that's like disintegrating into music notes, because I like to express myself through music. But then I'm like, oh, let me make a story out of it, because why not? Yeah. So, on so when you play Snarky Puppy a hundred times a day, what are you trying to say? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Creativity in its purest form, I guess. Oof, oof. Um, so that's like on my... That's on the corner of my wrist. Um, in the forearm of my arm, there's a, there's a pulse that represents uh, the pulse that drives me forward. The pulse that keeps me moving forward. It goes on. I like that. It goes on. Wow. Um, <laughs> in between the heart and the pulse, there's uh, 20 seconds with three dots. And that's essentially straight out of the movie, uh, We Bought a Zoo. And it's, uh, yeah, you laugh now, but the message is deep. It's. Uh, well, I bet it is, but I was just the last thing I was expecting you to say. <laughs> what Usually is that's that? what it is. What is that movie? We Bought a Zoo oh, is with uh, Matt Damon. It's mm -hmm. essentially Matt Damon, Scarlett Johansson. Isn't it Johansson. Honey, We Bought a Zoo? Or is no, no, it just We Bought a Zoo. And it's essentially a oh, city guy. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I know. I was thinking that too. I mixed honey, them up. I Shrunk the Kids. I love it. I don't know, but check it out. It's a really heartfelt movie. Good. Um, but yeah, 20 seconds of insane courage. Uh, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage to get shit done. Ooh. And it's honest, like sometimes just stop thinking about it. Like kind of what we touching back to the whole podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't overthink it. Just do something and yeah. let the rest unravel. Uh, and then where a watch would go is a broken infinity sign where that represents a reminder that time is not forever. So use it wisely. Ooh, so, I like that, especially because so many people have the infinity sign. So I kind of like that yours is broken because it yeah. is very different. I also like the fact that it's on where the watch would yeah. go. Yeah. That's clever. Mm -hmm, that is. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of thought in it. So it's been kind of hard to kind of like, like 
up that. I yeah. have a few. I like that. You see, I would have gotten, if I had all those concepts in mind, I would have just gotten one tattoo per concept in different parts of my body. And you kind of just put it into one, like, really cool. Storyline. This yeah. is my life, essentially. And it circles all the way around and reconnects, which I think is awesome. That's a solid yeah, tattoo. So. That's pretty much And ours don't have color either. No. Yeah. Are, you have so much shading I have a lot color, of color, which is, like, Ow. I'm not, I like color, man. I'm expressive. I'm extroverted. Yeah. And I like to be, I, I don't want to say I like to be noticed, but I like to stand out. Well, anything, it looks good. If anything, tell us about your top five. I think my that's top a, five? Yeah, I think that's right, an easier. Out of nine, I'll give you my top five. Um, this is more family, so I'm not going to put in my top five. My, my, favorite, my favorite is my sleeve, which is a Giant orange uh, or giant red octopus. Yeah. Um, that covers my entire arm and it's clutching a compass. <clears throat> the reason for this oh is God. because the octopus, as some of us know, is the most adaptable creature on the planet. It's almost alien. It can camouflage. It can fit through anything. It can put its beak into. Octopus uh, it's can in camouflage. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's incredibly wow. intelligent. Um, it's it, it can understand patterns. It can understand speech uh, some species and It lives for a while. It, you know, it's it's also predatory. So and The point of it is, you know adaptability yeah. uh, Is something that I strive to be is is adaptable in any circumstance just whatever wherever you drop me wherever I, I end up falling I want to I want to know that I can trust myself to just, you know, uh, adapt to whatever the situation is. Uh, and that's what the point of the compass is essentially adaptability in any direction. Um, wow. wow. I can't beat that. I know. That's already, that's just one. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the wow. sleeve. Um, the second one would probably be this symbol right here. It's a Norse symbol. It's essentially... Three stripes with uh, inner that are intercrossed, which is a, a Norse symbol representing the past, the present, and the future, and the way that they're all interconnected. Um, that's something that I, I like to believe is the fact that you know time is not just like linear and it's just one big uh, uh, to quote Doctor Who a timey wimey mess, right? Come on, Doctor Who. Love yeah, it, with the references. So another another good one. Uh, you said top five, right? Okay, going down to number three, in no particular order, mm -hmm. except for this one. The sleeve is my number one, but everything else in no particular order. Mm -hmm. I have my way tattooed on the side of my wrist. It's a song by Frank Sinatra. Another <gasps> thing that and I aspire I to live by. Oh, that's is, such a good song. It, yeah, I know it is. It's amazing. Oh. It's my favorite song. It's a song. Shout out to Frank. Yeah, shout out Frank Sinatra. It's a song that essentially, you know, it's him saying that he lived his life the way he wanted it to. He's been through so many different situations uh, and he's been able to overcome them because he, you know, stuck to whatever it is that he wanted to do. And that's kind of one thing that I like to aspire my life to be like is just be able to say that, you know, when it's all said and done, I lived in my own, I lived my way. He did it his way. Oh, I exactly. love that. That's one of my. I'm back Which, to by the way, I'm ah. I'm saying this on the podcast so that it's not lost in translation and it's recorded for history. If I have a funeral, I need this song to be played in the funeral. Cool. Wow. All right. So, I'm the for the archive PA that doesn't <laughs> exist yet, 
Note to self. <laughs> I'm a witness. I'll remember it. All right. Um, moving on. The next one would probably be Quattro. the 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 thigh piece. Oh, the thigh one's dope. So you have a thigh piece. I have. Yeah. I have the head of um, Mimir, which is a Norse god of knowledge. Um, Odin, who is like the equivalent of Zeus in Norse mythology, um, he beheaded Mir and kept his head on his side, on his belt, to have essentially infinite wisdom. Um, and don't quote me on that because I'm not a learned Norse mythology. Just last week he was judging me about making up words and he just came up with learned. Learned, learned is not a made up word. Learned? Learned is not a made-up word. We well, have any English majors out there. Please double check us on learned. Well, <laughs> I can tell you guys are not learned. <laughs> I well, shout we out learned. to learned, I guess. We, but yeah, yeah. Um, my understanding is that Odin uh, cut the head off of Mimir so he can have infinite wisdom and attached it to his belt, which is why it's on my lap. So I have infinite wisdom. And he's a northern god? Norse. A Norse, what's a Norse? Like Vikings like and shit. Oh, like Norway, like Norwegian. Yeah. Got it. Okay, caught up, I'm caught up. How do you know that? How do you know this information? How do you know this stuff? I um, love that shit. I like, I like Norse mythology. Really? Yeah. yeah. I know Greek mythology, but that's about it. I never know Greek mythology. I know, it's not even that impressive. <laughs> yeah, I know no mythology, I know. Nothing. You know your mythology? Yeah, my mythology. The, the okay, Andy and mythology. finally, I have like, what, four to choose from? To be my my, my no, last let's just, one. Let's let, let's cap up with the fourth one. Now we're gonna eat so much time. Long segment. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was one two. You still need one more. One two three four. Oh four. Shout out to four. Shout out to I love my way. It's a great song by Frank. Mm -hmm. I listen to it often, honestly, and I'm about to listen to it on the way home. So yeah. Thank you, you for that. You know it's I don't know if it's a funny story, but it can be. quick little anecdote. When I first heard the song, I got really like emotional. And I cried and I got goosebumps. And every time I hear the song, like it hits me really deep. Yeah. And I got goosebumps. I'm literally getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. The, every time I hear the song, without fail, I get goosebumps. And sometimes I even tear up. Have you have you seen everything everywhere all at once? I have. Oof, we spoke about that last okay. episode. Oh, did you really? Okay, yeah. well, I'll sorry be honest, to repeat. I, I cried. I cried when I watched I, that. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but yeah. I, well, this ties I had into a moment. The, it ties into the my way thing mm -hmm. because well, first of all, everything everywhere all at once, incredible movie. Those of who haven't seen it, but if you have, then you know that. Gun to my head, I could only watch one movie for the rest of my life. It would be that. I love everything everywhere all at once. It's incredible. Amazing movie. Stephanie yeah. Sue, who plays the daughter. Yeah. All right. She loves the song My Way by Frank Sinatra. Really? She was in an interview. Yeah. I mean, I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it was My Way by Frank. And when she first started acting, she had this whole philosophy about, you know, she didn't even want an agent. She was like, fuck that. She was like, I hate this industry. I love doing what I do. You know, she went to school for acting. She wanted to be an actor. She started in New York. Then she moved to LA. But she was like so over the bullshit politics that come with this industry right and she wanted to do things her way and she basically i mean she worked really hard of course also got lucky i think all of the things kind of combined you know as they do but um she got taft hartley into the industry which if you don't know what that means it basically means you book enough union jobs to where you boom like get to the industry get your sag card if that's what you want and you go and she really tells like a lot of people about how she wanted to do things her way. 
Like she didn't want to succumb to this industry and feel like a piece of shit all the time as like, you know, a lot of us can feel like pretty easily. And I think that's another touch on the topic we talked about earlier, which was perspective, you know? Um, but I just think that's interesting because we want to do it our way. And mm -hmm. I think that like when you're doing it your way and when you can find a balance in life, that is when you truly get, I think, happy yeah. because you have the perspective <clears throat> of like, listen, maybe I'm not like at the Golden Globes, whatever, but I'm consistently being creative and doing what I want. And, you know, I'm consistently creating and collaborating with others. And like that to me is success, which I love. I think that's so, so anyway, that tied into my way. Love 100%. Stephanie Sue, so and I love that Let me movie. ask you this, what's your way? How do you wanna go about this? My way truly is by, so it's so funny because I've talked to a lot of people about this lately, is if I can be, well, here's the thing. I always used to say, if I can be a consistently working actor, <laughs> that would be my, like, I'm successful, right? I don't have to work. I call them muggle jobs because I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah. I've never liked the term survival job. To me, that's depressing. And then some people are like, don't call it survival, call it thrival. And I'm like, fuck nah. you, because that's fake. Muggle that's jobs. I'm, muggle. I'm stealing that. I do, okay, right? Do you relate that to that? Because sure. I do what feel like- What house are you? I'm a Slytherin. Slytherin! Oh my god, you're Slytherin too! Snakes. Oh my god, I Let's was go. gonna wear my snake rings tonight. Mm -hmm. Damn. I am a Slytherin. Shout out to Hufflepuff, I guess. Oh, Ooh. you guys, you're sweet. Losers. <laughs> um, I am definitely House of Slytherin. I always relate to that though, because I do think that artists innately are wizards. I think we're wizards, I think we mm -hmm. create magic, we're magical. Yeah. Um, so when I'm working a job that isn't in my field, I call it a muggle job. And so, like yeah, and so it used to be like, success to me used to be um, when I don't have to work muggle jobs anymore and when I can consistently be an actor. But the more I go through my 20s and the more I just create my own work, the more I'm like, you know what? Regardless of where I'm at, you know, financially, if I'm consistently creating and getting better and better and better, you know, I'm working on my second short film right now and I'm going in so much more specifically than I did my first time because it was my first one, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, there were things I didn't even know and thank God I had a great crew the first time through Which, because- By the way, you need to cruise up in the third one whenever that happens. Yeah. Yes, Man. I know. And and there were like some complications with that this time around and we can talk about that later. Oh, but the time comes. It's, it's all about timing, so yeah. no it, stress. Yeah, and it is. I know that's the thing too, it is, it really is. And- um, That's the beauty of, of, of succeeding and failing is regardless of what happens, you always learn something yeah. the next time. I mean, it's embarrassing to admit, but like I barely knew how to make a, like a shot list on my first film. Like I, that's how new I was, you know, because I also come from a theater background. Mm -hmm. Like I've been on stage since I was eight. So like oh, TV wow. and film, yeah, I've done theater my entire life, but, but TV and film is so different and it's a, it's a different medium in which to act, in which to go, to be honest, completely, you know, how to, how to go through, navigate all of it. It's completely different. And I only switched to TV and film like three and a half years ago. So it's been like a whole journey for me as well as an actor and as a creator. But I go through these different projects and I'm like, I just get better and better with each one with time as we all do. And I think now if you ask me like, what would success be? As long as I'm constantly creating, and I mean, can also pay bills cause like I do have to pay rent. Mm -hmm. um, then I think I'm good. <clears throat> And I'm doing things that I enjoy. Cause even my muggle jobs, I enjoy, you know? I've always liked 
coordinating events and I've always liked event-based things. And I think that there's something there that I, I really like as well. So that's good. And I, yeah, yeah. I think kind of to veer off from this, this whole conversation or to stem off of it, um, a lot of people always ask, I mean, we still have a long way ahead, so it's not like we have clarity as to what the answer is. But something that we hear common from like newcomers is, oh, what's the what's the magic key? What's the secret door? How do you find success? Where did you start? What's the secret? Um, wow, just now that shit's starting to hit. <laughs> <laughs> so let me gather my thoughts. Oh, a bit. the whiskey? Yeah. Shout out I thought you meant the I reserve. thought you literally meant the knowledge. You were like artist. That's true. Like, so I was like, like, wow, it's starting to hit. He's together. having an epiphany. All of the above. <laughs> All of the above. Yeah, love it. But uh, for based on your current experience, especially since I didn't know you've been doing this, what, since 12, you said? Or what was it? Six? I've been on stage since I was eight years old. Eight years My old. My so What is, if someone were to come up to you, because I feel this is very subjective on the individual. If someone came up to you and said, oh, Zach, what, what's the secret? What's, what's, what's the pathway that I need to take? Because a lot of times... The, the reality is there is no pathway. It's right. just, it's it's based on the individual's experience, dis- experience and decisions. Yeah. But I want to hear your perspective on it. What is if someone were to come up to you and be looking for some sort of like enlightenment or advice? What would you tell them? Well, the first thing I would start with is every single person's journey is different. That was my probably biggest mistake when I first started out in the real world, like after high school, after college, been performing my entire life. I went out into the real world and I said, okay, I know a few people that are really successful, so I'm gonna do what they did. I'm gonna get signed with this agent that they got signed with. I'm gonna book a series regular or at least a guest star on a show because that's what they did. I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and this because they did it, so if it works for them, it's gonna work for me. Absolutely not. (laughs) That's the first thing I would say. Every single person's journey is different. It doesn't matter what agent you have. It doesn't matter, you know, what kind of, you know, skill you have, if it's, you know, acting or if it's DPing or if it's directing or whatever that may be, because it's always about what we said earlier, timing, and then hard work and talent. I think it all collides, but timing is such a big part of this industry. And it's, you never know when it's gonna hit, whether that's your 20s, 30s, 40s. So like. Enjoy and embrace the journey that is yours. That's the thing that I would say to anyone wanting to be an artist or a creative in this really unpredictable field is like, everyone's journey is different, but it's also, it's yours. It's uniquely yours. You know what, something else to kind of stem off of that, you said talent, but I also heard somewhere that talent is not enough. Talent is just uh, an advantage that you may have. Someone with a lot of talent may be wasting it, so it's, on top of talent is discipline, oh, how you absolutely. apply it, how you maintain it, the consistency. So it's not only, even, even someone without talent, they can achieve things, but you need to have the want. I always say that everything you do, no matter what it is, always starts with simply wanting it. Yeah. Oh, I have people that I know. I mean, this is my opinion, but I have people that I know who are talent, who are more talented than me. And oh, is the whiskey Just getting fucking... you? Welcome to my world, babe. This is it. Amen. I love some whiskey. Shout out to Zach. Uh, Shout out Woodford Reserve. Woodford I know, Reserve. Right? Can we also get sponsored? Um, Maybe I'm one day. I'm to help you guys. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. I know people who really, I think, are more talented than I am, but I have a way stronger work ethic and drive than they did. And they've dropped off of, at least for now, acting and whatever. And that's so also, also that's the thing that I don't think is talked about enough too. If you ever wanna like, you know, go off the artist path or, th or take a break from the artist path, that's okay too. Like Sometimes that's valid. I would even go as far as saying that it's necessary. Correct. I know, I mean, there's a woman I know who I, who I view as a mentor really. She was an actress struggling in her 20s and 30s and she took six years of a break, which in the acting world is like, what? Like, oh my God, how could you do, like that's sacrificing your entire career. Like, what are you doing? And then she came back after those six years just to be like a human and like do her own thing. She came back and booked more than she's ever booked. And she's always booking huge roles. Like, I mean, I'm talking about The Morning Show, Stranger Things, like, I mean, movies with Danielle, uh, Danielle Deadweiler, who is just a Golden Globe nominee. I mean, this woman is incredible. So, um, I think that that's okay too. I think we get a lot of pressure and I actually would love to hear y'all's perspective because behind the camera, I'm not sure how much pressure you get, but as an actor, we get a lot of pressure to really be like gun to your head, like this is it. Or if you're not thinking about it 24 seven, every single waking moment, then you're not doing enough. And like, sorry, you're gonna not make it. And well, it's a lot of pressure. I think it's like that for any, for any artist really. Well, yeah. first things first, something that I feel like it's not really appreciated as much or even seen um let's give a huge huge shout out not just the people in this room but every artist around every creator because a lot of people a lot of times i feel at least for my own insecurities people when when you say that you're a creator you're an artist or something it people perceive that as a hobby or as something as selective but to be an artist is the truest most chaotic and beautiful journey that someone can take because being an artist is is the most difficult thing that someone can do an expressionist is the most difficult thing that someone can do because anyone can take a nine to five anyone can do what the boss says but to accept your path and to embark on it i think that that embodies more courage more strength more stamina more everything than anything else because it's literally going into the unknown it's going into the limbo into, into the darkness into into the darkness trying to make a light out of it so i want to give a shout out to every artist out there trying to make sense that you are good enough you are strong enough you are not insane for wanting to be a creator you can do it but you need to just want it bad enough and i think we own we don't hear it enough as creators, as artists, because like I said, people just perceive it as, oh, it's a hobby or it's a face or whatever, but no, it's a way of life. It's a, it's a necessity. So let's just take a moment to really encourage and acknowledge what it is to be an artist, because to be an artist is to be powerful, to be seen, to be determined, to, to demand, whatever that be, it's to demand. So I don't know. I just want to really take a moment to. Yeah, man, that was that was deep. I was about to say, Andy, say it for the people in the back. Come on now, right, come the, on now. The that whiskey, was great. the whiskey wisdom. It's the a whiskey wood, wisdom. It's, it's the, the wood, wood for, for reserve. Yeah, it's the wood for <laughs> wisdom. Um, no, you're absolutely right. I think it's one of the most vulnerable, scary, brave things to do in life is to be an artist. <clears throat> absolutely. 
because it is going to the unknown, just like you said. Yeah. And you're putting it all out on the line, especially when, especially we talk about just the, the process of creating that innately in itself, when you are in the process of creating or in creation of something is so vulnerable because it's like, you're trying to birth this idea out into the world and you're like, all right, everybody, like, hope you like it. Like, hope we can collaborate on this project that I really believe in. And you're just hoping that other people will believe in it too, because you guys want to do something or create something together. So that innately too, I think is just so vulnerable and takes a lot of courage, right? Just disagree with what you're saying. <laughs> just mm -hmm. reinforcing it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, there's really no like map or blueprint mm -mm. or any kind of guide to get to where you want to be. And I always believed, I always believed that um, people set goals often, mm -hmm. and uh, they try to like strive and reach those goals. And then whether regardless of the field, mm -hmm. they strive and reach those goals. And if they don't reach that goal, they failed. And to me, goals are more like. Uh, like a like a like a north star you know they're more like a, a direction in which way to go as opposed to a destination so i set i set a goal in mind and i'm like okay that's the goal that i want to get to and on the way there i find different paths that i can take and i'm like okay this is probably a better path than the original goal that i had in mind now i have a new goal a new direction that i want to head in and going to that goal i have different paths that i can take so to me, goals are always more um, just guiding lights and what, and just to let me know what direction I want to head in. And then on the way there, I figure out what I want. Because when I first started um, doing this, I, I was, I was, first of all, I was in high school thinking that I was going to be an architect. Were you really? Bro, same. That was really? my, I, when I was in high school, I either wanted to be a chef, an architect or a filmmaker. Architect was the first one that went out the door because I'm like, I don't want to fucking deal with math. Yeah. But God, honestly, I was into it, man. I I didn't even want to be, in, I didn't know or care about filmmaking at all when I was in high school. This, I'll tell you what happened. I was in high school, I did four years of drafting because I had full intentions of being an architect. And then one year I had to take an elective and I didn't think of what, what I could take. And one of my friends told me, oh dude, you should take film one because all you do is watch movies. And I'm like, sweet. Free class. I took it. I completely fell in love with the process of making movies. The things I learned, shout out to my teacher, Mr. Moreno from Ferguson in Miami. Shout out to him because he genuinely completely changed my life and, and what I wanted to do with it. The way he taught me about the magic of cinema and he's the one that put me onto Kubrick, who's my personal favorite director. Um, he showed me so many things and so many ways to express myself. And I had always been into art. I have, I had always been into, I had already been into photography. So I kind of knew, like, I knew that, you know, this is something that I would eventually do as a hobby is photography because I, because I liked it. Um, but when I learned about like cinema and everything in like one year of high school, I just changed my, my mind. I was going to go to FIU um, to do uh, architecture with one of my, with one of my best friends, with my, with my friend mm -hmm. Andy. Who's, uh, who's shout out to Andy. Shout out Andy, who's currently Another an Andy. architect from uh, and Kimley Horn down in Miami. Um, and I was gonna go to, to to college with him at FIU to do to study architecture, and then I took that class. And when it was time to decide what I wanted to do in college, I even told my parents I was like, they, and they were fully supportive of me doing architecture. Oh, yeah. 
I told them I want to I want to major in film production. And luckily, my parents were like, that's what you want to do. That's what you're good at. That's, you know, by all means, as long as you, you know, stick to it. And they were supportive. So I, I was able to make my major film production in just in just one class in high school. One one uh, uh, subject that I thought was going to be like some random class that I was going to have completely changed my trajectory in life. Wow. You know, and I was I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know, until I got to college. And then I started learning more and more. And. At first, I wanted to be a director. I still kind of do. I like directing. I enjoy it. <laughs> but at first, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be a director." And, I, and then, as I was like taking direct like the classes for directing, I was like, "I kind of like DPing." And then I learned eventually, ba like without even realizing that this was a goal of mine that I wanted to write. Why? Because I've I wrote a couple of scripts for class or for whatever, and I got a, a lot of really good feedback, and it made me feel like I'm actually good at this, and it, I love the way it felt. I love the way that I was able to express. Um, myself through putting a story together on, on paper and showing it to someone and then completely understanding the, the, the message that I was trying to send when they read it and liking it and, and, and liking the, the, the concept of it and the structure of it. And I was like, man, if I'm good at this, this is what I want to do. And I, you know, the more, and even now I'm learning and I'm like, the, the more I learn, the more I want to do. I never thought I would get into lights. And now because of you, I'm like, I kind of fuck with lights. Like there's so much you can do. If you know about, you know, how to light a situation. Bro, I was yeah. never into lights. I just, it was based out of necessity. Yeah, man. Really? But like, dude, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. How similar our stories are. Because my story on film, I knew I always wanted, I knew I always liked storytelling. But my reintroduction to storytelling or filmmaking didn't happen until like, I was studying to be a chef. <laughs> right. And there's one semester that had one open course. So I chose acting. Acting led to filmmaking. Filmmaking led to where we are now. So it's fucking crazy how like we just, I think to kind of like put a theme on it, it's crazy how being open to opportunity yeah. can really transcend and, and change your course of action. And I think going off the, to the topic of what the pathway is, the pathway, the only real consistent pathway is being ready for opportunity. Yeah. Being available for opportunity. Yeah, he did it. Yeah, he's Sparky. He's oh, Sparky a real fucking. Really, yeah. He just, he he's just like in the trenches. Like Shout out to Sparky. What's he's up? doing army crawls. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, real talk, like the real pathway to, to persevere in your passions is to be ready to react on opportunity. Because a lot of times we get caught up with the with just noise mm -hmm. and we just have to be able to filter that noise and really know what's the moment of action what's the moment of reaction so which which takes me back to the point i was making earlier you you set a goal in mind and you head in that direction and then eventually somewhere along the way you know you get derailed and you have a, a new goal set you know i had a goal of architecture Somewhere along the way, by some happenstance, by some coincidence, I got derailed, I got, I got sidetracked, I went off on a tangent, and it led me in a completely new direction with completely new goals, and so on and so forth. So, Which, even if you don't follow this philosophy, I think it's something that just happens to everyone. You know? I think you gotta make your own philosophy at the end of the day, and, yeah. and on the basis of de derailing or failing to be anything, we have to be okay with failing 
failing is the only process of like progression yeah mm -hmm. and to be to be be honest I, I there's not really no such thing as failure no when you really think about it i mean failure is just an opportunity failure to learn. is still coming to it yeah so you can fail mm -hmm. but there's a lesson to that there's a lesson to everything failure is a state of mind if anything all my strengths are are credited to my failures i don't know what are your what are your thoughts on this act what do you to how do you perceive failure a shortcoming is just something that you haven't mastered yet i like that see i love that no i i really love that i think um you know <laughs> we're we're all our own harshest critics how are you doing with the whiskey he's feeling that yeah apparently i'm the apparently i'm like, like the only one really like Going on the roller coaster, which is these people are taking their time. I'm, I'm lit. I'm like, I'm like the light above us. I'm like, he's, he's the light above us. Come on, lit. This is my second. This is my second glass. I'm feeling good, but I love whiskey. No, I think for failure, <laughs> that was the question. Um, I think so. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's go with it. I know, right? <laughs> I really, I struggle with this. I do. I'll just be honest. I really, really struggle with this concept of failure because I'm really, really hard on myself. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not where I thought I would be in my career at this point in my life. And so I've had to really alter my mindset of like, you're not a failure because you've done really cool things that you didn't think you'd do. They're different than what you planned or what you originally thought you'd be doing. Um, but that doesn't mean you're a failure. I'm just really hard on myself. So it's easy for me to be like, ah, like I feel like I failed at that. Or I feel like I didn't live up to what I know that my potential is or what I could bring to whatever I was doing. But I also know, you know, and I, and I come from a family of like doctors and lawyers. So it's like very much, sometimes I feel like it's, it's hard. I have this own expectation for myself that nobody's necessarily even putting on me. It's like a me thing, but I put it on myself because that's just what I've always done. So that's that specific like topic for me is, is really hard to talk about, I think. Because I do agree, it's it's a mindset. Mm -hmm. Kind of like to touch because you I think this is another like point of like importance, if you may. Um how does it feel to be like the off child? And when I mean the off child, I mean like you have a family cultivated by like like civilized jobs and like pathways and then you have the artistic one the the lone wolf yeah like how does that give us a little bit of input on that because sure. i know it's always diff I, I know i'm the lone wolf of the family like That's everyone's a, a little bit political a little bit like more analytical i'm the why not what if type of person so yep tell us your experience with that like what is it like to be the outcast of it, if you may. What is it like to be the dark horse of your family? Let's you go fuck. with it. Yeah. The black sheep. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel to be the black sheep, stupid? <laughs> no. How does it feel to be a dumb idiot? No. Um, no. It's. I mean, to be honest, it's so funny because like I couldn't picture doing anything else. Like the thing about it is, I feel like when you're an artist, you also have this whole different view of the world. You're obviously doing something very different, just innately with your career, but also. For me, at least, I feel like I have a comical view of things because I'm like, well, we're all gonna die anyway, right? And it's like climate change, and it's like, <laughs> when's the world gonna end? Probably soon, you know? But it's like, I, I like to joke about a lot of things too. And if I had to pick someone who was the best at like 
storytelling around the holidays or like, you know, your family get together and you're talking about something and like people are reflecting on a story. It's always me. Like I'm the one who's animated. I'm the one who can get everybody, you know, because that's my skill. Whereas like, you know, my sister who makes six figures and does, you know, she's like a CEO of her company or like my, you know, both my moms, both my dads, both my moms have their masters in psychology and both my dads are in the medical field. So it's like, they're both very, they're all very much on that end of the, the spectrum, whereas I'm the artist. But it's like, I think I, I take pride in being different. Like there are times when I'm like, fuck dude, like shit, I'm the only one right now. I feel like who's feeling the way I feel. And also I'm definitely the poorest. I'm the most poor, <laughs> like for sure, like by financially, a lot. But yeah, I financially, feel like... but in every other way, Andy, I am rich. I'm yeah, rich in friendships. To... I'm rich in community. I'm rich in people that love me and that I love. <laughs> financially, struggling. Yeah, but success isn't measured with income, though. You're right. You know, you're absolutely right. I think for me, though, growing up, it was. So especially when my parents divorced, and like I got into like you know, parents divorce, which is a lot of money. And then I was back and forth every weekend, packing a suitcase. Like in my mind, it was. In my mind, success was tied to financial belongings and standing in society. So I, as Zach, had to alter my thought process a lot as I grew up. Um, but now I like just own it. I'm just like, yeah, I'm the artist of the family. And like, I know I'm living this life that isn't necessarily like, um, society standard or like normal, but you know, I fucking love the life I live, so. I mean, I guess to kind of like tie everything together with the whole like mental health and like persevering of like self, what would you tell someone that's struggling with their mental health of trying to pursue their creative self? Because I think that's another thing that, that we don't really get educated on. We don't really get consolidated by it's we not just, talked about enough so what would you it's tell that person that's like insecure about themselves but knows what they want but it's not really what the rest of the world wants like if you had to pick a message what would you share with the people i think what i would share is something that is easier said than done amen to that i you know i mean <laughs> truly but it is like you have to believe in yourself and be your number one advocate Amen. And that is really difficult when you have to be your own cheerleader, but I think it's so necessary. Like it's such a necessity. It's 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 everything. When you know you can do something, but you let some somebody's offhand remark or maybe your parents said something or someone in your family or maybe your friend said something or whatever it is, and you let that get to you and you let that eat you up, you won't be able to create what you want to create, which is probably something that is very fucking cool. But you don't know that and you'll never know that if you don't actually do it. And I think that in order to be able to have confidence in yourself, something that's really, really difficult that I've had to learn is like sometimes you just gotta say fuck it, do it, but also be your number one advocate. But that's in life. Like I think you have to be your number one cheerleader and that comes from self-love. Yeah, do it and do it with pride. Yeah, yeah. And even if, and again, don't have necessarily an expectation for it, but just say, listen, I just, I feel like I'm being called to do this or to create this project or whatever it is. So I'm just gonna have to do it. I'm gonna figure it the fuck out because it's 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 eating at me. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my thing with my first short, and you've talked about this with some of your projects as well. It wouldn't leave my mind. It Honestly, was on my mind all day, every day. I had to say it, I had to put it out into the world because it was eating at me. Honestly, what people need to understand that are not necessarily on the same wavelength as us 
that live for this. It's a sense of expression. It's a sense of air. Like, we're not creating because, I don't know, because of whatever you want to perceive that we're doing. Well, because it's a hobby. Like because it's a hobby. No, yeah, because it's it's a way of life. It's a yes. way of surviving. Yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine not being able to express myself the way I express myself through motion pictures, through moving pictures, through through cinema. And another thing to add on top of that, we need to realize that film, just like emotions and expression, is subjective. Just because you don't relate to it doesn't mean it doesn't have its merits. So don't feel afraid to get experimental, to express yourselves in ways that you didn't think of before because I think to be an artist is to be uncomfortable constantly, to be trying something different, something new, something out of the norm. So I just I just say to all creators that like fuck it all. <laughs> fuck it all and yeah. just do you because at the end of the day people gravitate people gravitate to the amount of importance that you give yourself in a way <clears throat> so if you feel like you're good enough everything else you're gonna fall you're gonna have a crowd you're gonna have a people that are gonna back you up and if all goes well you're gonna return that yeah you're gonna feed it back to the community and i think that's where i lie in this whole thing like i'm not i'm not saying i'm scorsese or fucking like tarantino or cameron but i generally just wanna help people create i want to have i want to help people manifest their visions and kind of like i don't know if you need this but division indie films for those that have had this question in their minds division indie films is a division with a vision a group of people that are just trying to realize their ideologies their 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 motion pictures that are in their heads and Doing, doing it through like the technicalities that are required to be able to manifest it. So, kind of to like go back to the what is our end goal? My end goal is just I don't need to be the Warner Brothers. I just want to feel good about being able to help someone's vision come to life. For me, it's not always about budget. Obviously, you need to pay the bills, but I, my my philosophy, my end goal is to be able to help jerry or tommy or whoever it may be see that anything's possible if you mm. put the work well and yeah, absolutely and to me storytelling has always been is and will always be the most profound thing to me that we can do is storytelling because people come to the theaters not necessarily to see you on screen but to see themselves 100 percent percent which is why one of the reasons I, I fell in love with storytelling with, with being a writer is not only to be able to express my personal experiences but also to to show you know that I'm also going through a lot of the same things that most people are going through and, and have people be you know see our stories and, and feel represented and know like okay I'm, Shit, man in a way storytelling storytelling in a way is Letting people you're not alone. Exactly. 
like yeah. Brian, I never thought about it, that until now. But like storytelling is a way of telling people you're not alone. You're not, you're not wrong for feeling this, mm-hmm. even if it's like stupid story, even if it's a comedic story, even if it's a drama story. Like storytelling in itself, movie making in itself. Like we keep going back to, if you think about it, it's just the the potluck of all creativities coming together into a unison form factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. It's fucking heavy, bro. I need to... T- you guys uh, to storytelling. Storytelling. <laughs> chin chin. Chin chin. Chin chin. Mm. Maybe. Wow. Bro, I'm we're, in another gonna, fucking level. I'm in a different some, plane. We're gonna have to get some liquid IV tomorrow, bro. I, I love the liquid IV. Don't get me started. Liquid IV, the lemon lime, wow. Actually, yeah, liquid IV. So I've seen good. that stuff on sets. Like, it literally. helps. It actually really does help. That'll right? that'll put a spring in your stuff for sure. It will helps with the hangover. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna take five. You guys take the lead right now. We got like a few more. We got like 15 more minutes of this. Oh, nice. Maybe more. Maybe less. It's up to you. It's an hour long. Oh. Uh, I try, my caveat is an hour and a half. I don't try to go more over that. Wow, really? Nice. You know, if people listen this much through then good for them they're getting a lot of knowledge they're getting a lot of distraction they're getting a lot of something whatever they may want to perceive it but i don't know i just we can end it now if you want but no it's up to no, you we're, we're gonna keep talking then let's keep talking um, you know all right, you talking. take a you take a quick nap <laughs> i'll take over <laughs> so zach let me ask you this Hit me. <clears throat> you're obviously a creative and i know you mainly act um but i also know that you do you know, you, you write, you do storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're working on a short. Uh, I don't know. Are you directing it? I'm not directing it. Um, and here's, Do you have any interest of uh, directing? This is a great question, Abe. Thank you so much. Um, I truly, here's the thing. You know, it's funny. I've been an actor my entire life. I've always said I'm an actor, I'm an actor, I'm an actor. In recent years, I've always loved writing, but in high school and college, I was so busy with extracurriculars or with being cast in a show or with whatever that I never got to finish any of my drafts. I would write a story, I'd write this, I'd write a plot, I'd write here, I'd start with characters, whatever it is. And I would never get to finish it fully, like the thought or that project. So when I graduated college and I got into the adult world and I moved to Atlanta, I started finally finishing some of these drafts. and. It felt like, I don't know if you ever feel this way, I think it's natural for people to feel this way, but I had this imposter syndrome of like, I am an actor, I've only written like one thing and like that, you know, barely got produced, but you know, I am really proud of it and I wrote that and now I'm writing my second short and I'm like, you know, or it's written, it's done. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You know what I I mean? I think to that, for people who are struggling with that same situation where they feel like, whatever they're doing might not be good enough or there's definitely people that they feel are better at whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish fuck that dude right you 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 do this thing to express yourself and it doesn't matter in what way it comes out it comes out your way you know what i mean i love that and i think part of it for me is reminding myself that a judgment is really just a creativity killer yeah like judgment is the number one source of you know what i've heard creativity Comparison is a thief of joy. Absolutely. I don't know Comparison, who said that. You know, wait, I just heard this the other day too, actually. Comparison is heavy. a thief of joy. I think was it in an award speech or something? I don't know who I feel said like that. somebody just said that. Whoever said it, 
Why is this how? Yes. Because it's comparison true. Is a comparison is a thief of joy. You can't, you can't. Close the gate, man, so Sparky doesn't get back in here. Sparky the dog, ladies and gents. You can't live life comparing yourself to others because guess what? You have different experiences than everyone else. Your experiences right. are unique. The way that you think, the way your brain is molded to react to certain situations, the way you grew up, you were nurtured, it makes you behave a certain way that is unique to only you. So comparing yourself to others is honestly futile. There's no reason for it. True. The only re way you should compare yourself to others is, I can't even think of anything. I can't I think, think of any think, reason why I, you would compare yourself to someone else. Well, and I think if you want, you know, listen, I like to say that I'm competing with myself. How can I get better? How can I one up myself from my last project to this project? You yeah. know, how can I do better? You know, and my dad talks a lot. My dad's like my best friend, just for the record. Oh, yeah. So I love him so much. My dad is my best friend. And Shout out Zach's dad. I mean, Shout truly. Out dad. Come on, D Money. What's his That's name? Come on. D Money. I call him D Money. D Money. Yeah, yeah, because his dad. Does he be funding That's shit? It. And he's, well, <laughs> that's where he's been funding. That's exactly what it is. Um, he supports. Um, but my dad, you know, I love him and we always talk about that. We're like, don't compare yourself to other people. You are where you are in your journey and, and we love that. Keep creating. But also know that like, compete, if you want to compete with somebody, compete with yourself. How can you get better? How can you get stronger? And like, talking about acting and writing is like, that is how I describe myself. Yeah, now. shout out D-Money for the wise words. 100% agree. I mean, he truly is the best and he's always coming in with the wisdom. But um, I'm also really grateful for that, that I have a support system because some people don't. And I'm very, I mean, sometimes I think about like what keeps me going and it's, you know, my family is really great, but also like my friends here are really great. It's just, I think the overarching community that I have that I'm really lucky to have and even you guys i mean i'm, I'm glad that we can all you know truly <laughs> shout out to abe and andy hey, yo, but yo, like, yo, i up? mean truly like i think that this is what we have to do is like we build and we create our own community mm -hmm. and that is what keeps us strong and keeps us going you know what to kind of put a seal on this no seal i got more questions well let's keep going but we got like 15 more minutes but to kind of put a seal at least on this roundabout of a topic that is what division is like i am i'm technically division in indie films or division media group but division in itself is the people it's a cultivated community of it's creatives the community Triple that C, wants baby. Ooh, yeah. say, that, say that one more time. It's a cultivated community of creatives. That's to that. triple C. Oh, I love that. I just I just came out. I'm not gonna lie. I was about to I say. I was like, out. have you been practicing that? I didn't that? mean for I mean, it to be. It's kind of like a we, we need to patent that. Cultivated. I didn't mean to use alliteration, but it came out naturally, and I liked it. I like that. Yeah, you better you better put that on copyright. You better TM. Uh, that's TM. your job, bro. Come on. Yeah, yeah I gotta copyright that. Yeah, you do. But uh, yeah, I mean. I think to also kind of like stem off of that is how important it is to have a good support system. I know it's all upon yourself to an extent, but it always helps when you have, like for those future parents, let your kids do what they need to do. Like I, when, when, I, when I'm going to be a father, my main thing is if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. If you're going to do something, do it 100%. Whatever like, it is. Whatever yeah. it is. If you want to be a farmer, by all my fucking means, be a farmer. If you want to be a pharmacist, if you want to be... Shit, I don't know. If you want to just pick up trash, make sure you pick up that trash the best way that you can. All I care about is that you 
take commitment and passion and to what you want to do yeah 100 so like it a lot of credit must fall under the the people that that are curating it the people that are nurturing it so be careful with the words that you choose be careful with how you nurture people because that carries over to their mental health if we go back to it it's we gotta take recognition that we need to be able to really accept people's pathways and if they really are serious about it we need to let them find their way yeah i got another question for you oh let's go all right so uh i think we all can agree that expression is a very powerful tool and I think that as an artist, regardless of whatever field you're in, whatever medium you use, you always put a little bit of yourself into into your work, into your art. Yeah. So my question is to you, um, as an actor, mm. if you're preparing for, say, a drama role or a comedy role or or something in horror, that's whatever genre you wanna you wanna put it under, mm-hmm. how do you maintain um, the character that you're portraying would still put a little bit of yourself into your performance? Sure, sure. That's a great question, Abe. Thank you for that one. Um, well, first of all, as an actor, you always have to make sure, regardless of what kind of character it is, it could be a serial killer, it could be a drug addict, it could be a happy-go-lucky guy next door, it could be any of them. You want to find the truth in it for you. So, and what I mean by that is, you know, Andy expresses happiness probably in a different way than Abe does, which is also probably in a different way than Zach does, which is also probably in a different way than Mariana does, you know? How you express- Shut up, Mariana. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I'm putting her in there because she's already been in here so many times. So you're welcome. Um, but like, we all express things in different ways and it could even be that same emotion, but how do we express it? And does that align with the character? I always like to go through whoever I'm portraying and I like to say like, what are things that are alike about us and what are things that are different? And I put as much truth as Zach in there as I can. And when it's a character that's very, very different from me, I have to really sit down for a longer period of time and approach that in a way of saying, okay, I as a human would do this, but he as a human would do something very different. So I have to un- uncover what that is and how extreme he goes. It's funny that you actually asked me the question because I'm prepping for this film right now and it's a really heavy film. And it's about, <laughs> about bye Sparky, sorry. Oh, no, Sparky. Yeah, <laughs> for the listeners, he's really, yeah. He's so really he's a mini Aussie that's very de- determined like the rest of us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's right. Yep. There he is, licking, <laughs> up, licking up his water, lapping it up. Um, no, but I think really, I always approach things from a perspective of how I would do them versus how they would do things. Right. Um, because I want to make sure that it's coming from a place of truth, but I'm also I'm present. I'm in the scene. Uh, uh, you know, if it's a scene with another person, how present are we with each other? You know. Right. Um, that was something that. From film to film, it's always a little different. I have some films that I worked on that the people are so dropped in and we're present. And like, when you have a great scene partner, like you're gonna do great because you guys are like locked in and that's really important. Right. 
Then I've been on other films where <laughs> they won't even look me in the eye. And I'm like, what's going on there? What's, 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 what's happening? And I mean, there's always stuff that happens during set and, and during the day and depending on their experience level, sure, sure, sure. But um, I always wanna make sure anything I do is coming from a truthful, grounded place because I feel it when it's not. And if I don't believe it, how is anyone else gonna believe it? Okay, follow-up question. Yep. So, <clears throat> I, I myself um, consider myself to be a director mm -hmm. uh, during certain shoots I direct. Mm -hmm. um, and I try not to have any kind of conflict with the actors that I try to direct. Um, my question is, when you like take so much time and effort to study a character that you're portraying and the director sees it, the character performing uh, a, a certain situation a different way, how do you kind of come to terms with uh, the director saying, no, this is, you think that this is what the character would do, but I know this character, I am this character, this is what he would do, you're wrong. How would you go about something like that? That's, a, that's another great question. Um, well, first of all, any film, you know, acting, creating, it's a team sport. I, I really believe that. It's a team sport. You, as an actor, if you are hitting your marks, but you have a ZP who could care less, they're not gonna get what you're bringing to the table. And vice versa, if you're a director and you're saying, I have these characters, you have your cast, and one of your actors is doing something super different and you don't like it, that's a conversation to be had because it's a collaboration at the end of the day. If you have an actor coming up to you saying, listen, Abe, I understand you're the director and I get what you're saying. Like, I feel like Frederick is like a little more, he's a little more quirky, he's a little more unpredictable. Like, I think you're playing him a little too straight edge, right? Cool, let's have the conversation. Don't ever say, and this is for any directors out there, don't ever say things to an actor like, you need to be more mad. That's the worst thing you can say to an actor. Yeah. As you a, need to as be more happy. Like, don't, don't tell them feelings. Yeah. That's the worst thing you can do. As a director, you can't be vague. You have to really delve into specifics. You can't yeah. say, don't be more mad or don't be more happy. <laughs> it's the you worst. You say, the, this character is feeling this in this moment. Yeah. I want to see more of that. I, and it's I think, such a bad way to go about it. I think I've learned also to kind of stem off of that. Um, Definitely the worst thing you can do as a director, which I've seen a lot, unfortunately, is people generalize the emotion that you want. I need you to be more mm. mad. I need you to be more happy. What does that even mean? Emotions there's are so, such a there's deep. There's so many yeah. layers to that. Exactly. Correct. Yes, thank you. But Correct. also, from my own personal experience, don't get overcomplicated with the, with the lingo, with the terminology. Sure. Sometimes it's just a matter of like taking the character there, taking the the... the yeah, there. put it into perspective. So it's not necessarily finding the right word, but finding the right scenario. So exactly. Like, well, I was just about to say that scenario. That's exactly what I was about to say. You know, if you're approaching me on set and you're saying, Zach, I get what you're doing. Cool, cool, cool. However, I really envision it more like this, right? Give me something like, I want you to think about a time when you were the only kid in class and you all were playing dodgeball and nobody would pick you. I really want you to think about that time where they went line by line, person by person, and you still weren't called. This person was called, that person was called. 
you were the only one left on the field and you were a leftover, so you had to be on that team. You were the last one picked. Now start the same. That to me is like, holy shit. Okay, got it. Like, I'm gonna, as Zach as the actor, pick up on that loneliness, that humiliation, that desperation a little bit. I'm gonna go into the scene in a different way because you just gave me a scenario or you're trying to get me to go toward a place that you see for the character. But again, yeah. it's a collaborate, it's a collaborative process. Bro, honestly, like, you do that, you do that a lot. And I like that you do what? that when you direct, you, you always give like a situation and you try well, to learn that. That's, that's a great strategy. And I, and I, and I take that from you too, because when I direct, I, I, I follow the, the those footsteps that you said. People don't need to great... get caught up with the, like the terminology. They need to yeah. be felt with the, with the scenario, with the, with the moment, but kind of, I might get in trouble for doing this shit, but like, honestly, bro, I want you to read blood rain. I think, I think. Shit, you might even outbeat it, but I want you to tell me what you think about the character Tommy because okay. I think you might. He can rock Tommy for sure. Like I think, all things aside, all things on TBA, but Tommy might be your fucking. Especially with the stashed look that he's got going on. Even beyond that, I see like Tommy even. In there. I never thought about it, but even impl impl implicating, like impl uh, applying, like a sense of like sexuality and shit. I don't know, Tommy, bro, I don't know. you need to read the script and you need to tell me what you think because there might be actual competition here. And I think that you might, I don't know why it just came to me, but. Well, if you don't have a cast yet. I don't, I, I don't, will, it's all, it's all hypothetical. Happy, yeah, I'm always happy to audition and I, I love- It's not even an audition, guys, it's but... about like how you carry yourself and what I see. Let me, let me, let's, let, let's get it straight. And you would agree with me. Would I? You have something fucking going on for yourself. You have, as an actor, as a per person that personifies an entity, there's no reason why no one would cast you, in my personal You're right, opinion. I would agree. I would agree. So, like, you you make decisions. And I think as a, as a director, that's something that I appreciate a lot. Like... I give you scenarios like what you said, and you translate them into reactions, into like personifications, into entities. So I'm going off on a fucking tangent here. I just I had a mind bomb here that for some reason you'd be fucking great for Tommy. So after the podcast, we're gonna talk. Let's just get to that. But uh, let's let's hit our last topic points before anything else because we're gonna have right. to close up I soon. Got a, I got a question. So final question of the day. So, so Zach, um, you know, you understand, you know, how method acting works and how some actors get into a specific mindset. Uh, I'm curious to know what your process is uh, to getting into the mindset of a character, especially one that you feel attached to, mm -hmm. um, and also how you separate that from being on set to like you know everyday life. You know how they say don't you know bring work home yeah so when you're trying to get into a mindset like what kind of balance do you have where you're you're you want to be that character all the time so you get into that role yeah, yeah. but you also don't want to like you don't want to misrepresent yourself when you're outside of quote-unquote work yeah sure sure yeah that's a tougher one um 
To be honest, the first thing I check in with is as long as I'm not doing harm to anybody else or myself, that's going to be the first thing I check with. Especially when we talk about method acting, because I think that gets talked about a lot. But I think there are varying degrees and levels at which someone can method act. If you are <laughs> pulling a Jared Leto and killing animals <laughs> and delivering them to and your you know, co-stars, yeah, to, to their trailers, I don't agree with that. Um, I don't subscribe to that. Um, what I do start with is I usually start with physicality, and this is something in acting terms is called, you know, you go from the outside in. Some people go to the inside out. So they like to think mentally and emotionally before they start physically, but I typically like to do physical first. I'm a very physical person in just my life um, and how I grew up. And so um, I start thinking about physicality and then I start thinking about um, emotionally where they're at or if there's an emotional arc where they go, where they start, where they end. Um, if this person has some sort of um, issue, an addiction, maybe they're, you know, if they're a drug addict or if they're an alcoholic or whatever it is, I start doing simple things, you know, like for alcohol, I'm like, what is their alcohol of choice? You know, I start being really specific with the things that I do. I go into characters and I want to be the, the most specific that I can be with them. The most specific as possible because that way I know that if a director ever, you know, this is a big fear of I think a lot of actors. If a director ever tells you to just like stop, cut, hang on, it's not working. I want y'all to just improv the scene. I want to know that I can do that. I've had that happen to me before on set, which is like every actor's nightmare of like, wait, you don't want us to go through the scripted lines? No, I want you guys to sit across each other at the dinner table and I want you to look each other in the eyes and I want you to improv the scene, which you should be able to do if you're those characters. If you're in the mindset of that character and you're a good actor, in my opinion, you should be able to do that. So I, I luckily enjoy improv. I think it's fun. That was um, awesome. But I never, Love but the thing about it is for me, I am fun with improv and I like improv when I know I've come prepared. If I know I'm not prepared, I'm not going to like the improv because I'm not prepared. Right. But if I come prepared and I'm like, which now at 26, I try to do, you know, I, I'm going to be honest at 21, I wasn't always prepared, but now I'm like, okay, no, I know this character well enough. I know how he would speak. I know how fast he would speak. I know what he would say to the character, you know, to the other person across from him. Those are things that I think about when I get into characters. I, you know, I have different, if we're talking about techniques of acting, I'm, I'm Stanislavski based, Uta Hagen. I got into some Meisner technique. I don't know if you know these people. Um, Meisner, shout out to Meisner. Yeah, Meisner is my personal favorite. Hell yeah, we <laughs> um, Yeah, Meisner is my, I mean, I've been in, I'm in a Meisner class right now. I'm in an advanced Meisner class right now. So um, I took a year long intensive before that. So anyway, um, when we talk about acting, I like to mix in different things. I had a scene actually on set I had to do a few weeks ago where I had to be like shit face drunk. So what I do, because I know it helps me, is I got some, it was actually vodka. I got some vodka and I put it on my gums. And I smelled it for a couple seconds. And then I like went on to set. And I, you know, I thought about what I needed to think about to give a truthful performance being shit faced. 
But there are things that I think you can do as actors that also aren't harmful to other people or invoking trauma within yourself. Because I also believe, which is a huge Meisner Foundation, your imagination is limitless, you know? You don't have to think about your dead mom every time you go onto set. It might work for you the first take. It might even work for you the second take. But if you do eight takes of that, is it gonna fucking work every take? Probably not, you know? And you have to know how to get there. And I think that's a process, I really do. Um, but yeah, you have to know how you're gonna get there. And that's really important. So when you're when you're getting really into the mind of that of the character, where do you like, snap out of it you know, at what point like when the director yells cut are you already like oh i'm zach now let me take in this information or are you still this character but there's like your subconscious is sag because you're trying to receive this information but you're still in the mind of the character or is it more like uh oh it's a wrap once it's a wrap you get home you you, you snap out of it you know at the at the at the blink of an eye or is it more like a gradual thing on your drive home you're like kind of getting back to yourself or do you just stay throughout the whole production? If it's a multi-day production, you stay throughout the whole production, whether you're home or on set, are you still this character? Yeah. Like where where really is the is the the dividing line between sure. your your real you know identity and then when you when you're in this character phase? Yeah, for me, it's a very specific question because I think that it's gonna change based on who the person is. For me, um, I typically stay in character throughout an entire shoot day. I do things in my trailer. I'm, I try to be off my phone. I, that's what I do. When I go home, I take a shower. I listen to music that Zach would listen to and not that, you know, Tommy or Johnny or whoever would listen to. Um, I always make playlists for my characters. That's something else I do. I always make a playlist for this character, who they are, what they do. I write, I do journals, um, but when I'm trying to decompress, I have to take a shower. <laughs> because in my mind, you know, it's funny too, um, I have family members who um, have issues with drugs. And a lot of times it's like a psychological thing because it's not actually, I don't think it's proven, but like showers just like wash things off of you. So like, yeah. Literally and, and metaphorically, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think that for me, weirdly enough, my entire life, my, happy place like is in the shower like i like to like that's my decompression time that's where right. i do like that's where i like listen to music i like, take a shower i like literally that's where you recharge. get your best ideas i don't know why yeah but no, that's an actual thing because there's no distractions yeah. there's no phone i mean there's yeah. i mean to an extent you can you can have your phone on the shower but to an extent you're limited to like the resources that you're yeah, at reach. And it's like a meditative state for me. Like, I need it. Like, everyone's like, you need to take a shower like every day. Yeah, I fucking take a shower Wait, every day. What? First of all, no, I know. No, I do not. have people in my life. Who I do not shower every day. day. I know. Everyone's like, well, every other day. I'm like, no, bitch. You can't all just right, do it. Whoever's listening, if you don't shower daily, every day. change that. Correct. Fix it. Correct it. Correct. Figure out what you're doing with your life. Correct. Shower every day, sometimes twice a day. Sometimes twice. Thank you. Let's, let's get it together, I guys. I Come shower on. twice a day because I really do. Like, I don't just do it because it's like fun, but like I, I gotta do get it my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's be clean, man. Let's be clean. Andy was gonna be the one though to be like, oh wait, really? Every twenty like, every twenty four hours? Like what are we doing? That's the thing. No, I know, right? But I do, it's like this thing that it, it really does help me. Like I can wash the day off, whatever happened, good or bad, and then I can wake up the next morning and like know I need to do what I need to do. But um yeah, I um, I have to have decompression methods. And some people meditate, I take showers and listen to music. Um, some people do a lot of, de you know, they do exercises, they do stretching exercises. I know some people and actors who literally have to like stretch and meditate, do some yoga, like to just get things off of their mind, depending on also how heavy the scene is. Um, yeah, yeah. How often does like a scene or, or being in a character's That's going to be the last question of the day, by the way. Fine, fine. We're at the, you know I can talk forever. So how you often, how often does a scene or being in a character's mindset really um, like negatively affect your, your, your mental state? And how do you, and how do you recover from it? Um... <laughs> No, that's the last question. I know. <laughs> wow. Fucking shit. Okay. Um, what? Sometimes I make a list. I have to make a list of what Zach likes and what this character likes. And sometimes I have to, because sometimes when I get, and I've had to also hone back on this, I get a little obsessive. Sometimes I get really obsessive about what I'm taking on because I want to, you know, I feel like I want to do this justice and I feel like I want to, like, you know, be as specific as I can be and you know then you get all those outside uh thoughts that are like oh people are depending on me and like they cast me for a reason and da, da, da. so that's you know you don't want to think that way but when you start to really delve into this character you have to say like again like okay how am I going to approach this and like how am I going to be able to do this truthfully but again you go back to like Eisner's your preferred method you go back to the imagination is limitless Right? So I know how I would feel if, you know, the scene is you walk in and it's your mom dead on the floor. Like, how are you, how are you gonna react to that? You know what I mean? And this is also a muscle that takes so much practice, just like anything, you know? It's like going to the acting gym is what we say. What was the question? <laughs> what was the question was how how often um does a scene really kind of get to your head yeah and how do you come out mm -hmm. of it so i'm gonna be honest i'm a really emotional person um i'm a pretty sensitive person you don't always know that until you really get to know me so when i have really tough emotionally hard scenes i won't lie like sometimes it takes me two to three days like really wow. get out of that space um i wish i it was quicker i do i wish it was quicker but it's not it it stays with me for a few days then i can say all right let's let that go do some deep breathing and like get on to the next thing um that's something a lot of casual viewers don't really don't really understand about acting especially in dramatic roles man like sometimes it really gets to you well it's an extension of yourself yeah man. like that, that's just because time is of the essence but to kind of like put a cap on that yeah one of the greatest things that i've heard as like because i took some acting that's that was the, my pathway back into film 
but one of the greatest advices that I got as an actor to then translate to when I'm directing is don't worry about the the script don't worry about the what's on paper worry about what's the moment worry about what's in the middle what's happening what are you cultivating in the center right now, yeah. like how how are you gonna react to it um these are all fucking deep thoughts that we can keep on going for like hours upon hours. We we're, gonna we're, to, we're, we're, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to schedule a, a part two. Yeah. Can so I do a part two? two? Dude, you're always I would welcome. Love it. So let me tell you that right now, you're always welcome. Uh, and on top of that, I just sent you a script for Blood Rain. Okay. We're gonna talk after this. Let me tell you that right now. Okay, great. Um, but um, yeah, man, I think I think we need to kind of put the seal on it because we're already over yeah. an hour 45 yeah, just to just to finish it off we always have one question that we ask everyone take it away um whenever we have a guest on the show just to, to to finish it off on a good note because the show at the end of the day is all about all about like all things creative so right. let's let's touch let's end so, a note on this yeah so we want to know in your in your own words what do you consider to be creativity oof like, yeah, what is creativity for you? I really do think creativity to me is having an idea and birthing it into the world. Specifically, like you are pushing this idea out of your being and it's coming to fruition in this world. Now, let me push it even further because I think that's still a little vague. Let me know what really Zad feels. What is what is creativity for you? What is what is the way of life of being a creator? What does that mean to you? I think it's just true expression. I think it's for me, it's putting a pen to paper and being able to convey that story through words out loud. I think it's yeah, I think it's true expression. That's what I think. Expression. Like that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think I think that puts a pretty good solid seal yeah. on it. Uh, Zach, thank you so fucking much for being on the fucking podcast episode yeah. three. You know I love it. Thank you guys for having me. Yo, this is not gonna be the first nor last time. I mean, it is gonna it's be the first. I mean, it is the first. Kind of is the first, but <laughs> but it won't be the last time that you're on here. We do gotta do a part two because I have a bunch of follow up questions that I hope I remember when you come back. We we'll probably won't, but we'll we'll, 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 we'll improvise. On. Yeah, I mean, but. Yeah. We'll do we'll do some improv we'll do some improv games next time you come. You know I love improv. I drank all my fucking whiskey, but uh, let's wrap up with a final chin chin. Chin chin. Chin chin. Good. Good ASMR right there. Chin chin. Chin. It's a whole market. To Zach, how do you say your last name? Manto. Manto like a toe. Manto like a toe. All right, Zach Manto like the toe. Yeah. Thanks for being here, man. We appreciate it. Very deep, very intricate. An emotional ooh. session, I think. Yeah, I was, oh my God, I just chugged a neat whiskey in my fucking intake. Oof. And cut. And cut. <laughs> That's it. That's right, well, thank you guys for tuning in. There's another episode of Creative Vices. What is your vice, man? Let's just keep on going with the flow. And as always, stay creative and be you. All right. Be a visionary, guys. Tune in, tune in next time for shout out for the sixth time. Mariana. Guys, I'm I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna pass the <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs>